Our scripture lesson today is taken from out of 1 Corinthians chapter 6, beginning in verse 15. Listen closely to these words. Do you not know that your bodies are members of Christ? Should I therefore take the members of Christ and make them members of a prostitute? Never. Do you not know that those who are united to a prostitute become one body with her? For it is said, the two shall become one flesh. But anyone united to the Lord becomes one spirit with him. Shun fornication. Every sin that a person commits is outside the body, but the fornicator sins against the body itself. Or do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit within you, which you have from God, and you are not your own? For you were bought with a price, therefore glorify God in your body. Now, after hearing that scripture lesson, you have a clue that this is a little bit of a PG-13 message, and so we probably need to go ahead and pray. So let's pray. <laughs> Father, there's something powerful in this text, something you want to say to us. And Lord, a lot of Paul's words kind of raise up in us a lot of different stuff. The Lord speak to us clearly so that we can understand and be transformed into the very people that you want us to be. Boy, make our prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. A few months ago, uh, our son Josh and I met over in Hickson at first watch early one morning for breakfast. When I drove into the parking lot, I was shocked because there were virtually no available parking spaces. Now I thought, there are few people get up this early in the morning to go to breakfast. And so I walked inside the restaurant, and sure enough, there were only a few people inside the restaurant at that particular hour. So after I finished and went outside, I quickly discovered why there were so many cars in the parking lot. You see, there in that little strip mall area was a gym, and people were coming that early in the morning to do their morning workouts. I was a bit surprised that people would get up that early to try to tone up their muscles, shed a few pounds, and do a little bit of bodybuilding. Well, last week we began a new sermon series that uh, is focusing on being transformed. And we talked about how that there are five different dimensions in our lives that uh, are important and have to be developed so that we can become the people that we God wants us to be, and so that we can live out the life that God intends. These five areas are the mental, physical, emotional, spiritual, and social aspects and dimension of our life. And this morning, we're going to talk about the physical aspect of our being and how important it is to do that. And so we just need to ask this question, what does it mean for us to develop our physical being so that we can be at the top of our game, so that we can be healthy, so that we can grow, that, so that we can thrive, and the other areas of our lives are growing as well. Does it mean we need to get up at 5.30 in the morning and go to the gym and work out? Is that what it means? Some said, I hope not. Oh, my, oh, my. So we got some work to do today in this message, okay? What does it mean to be doing some bodybuilding? Well, uh, it seems to me that in 
the world in which we're living, there are three dominant narratives or patterns of thinking about the human body. Okay? All of us are probably impacted by one or all three of these significantly in how we live out our lives. One of these, uh, I've been assisted by a person by the name of James Bryan Smith. I was in a conference where he was speaking, and he made a statement, and he, it demonstrates the common, one of the common narratives about the human body of our world today, and it's this. The human body is seen as a commodity. In other words, through the human body, we use it to uh, get what we want. It's a source of attraction. It is a source of power. Now, we're exposed to this on a daily basis. All you have to do is turn on your television and you see a commercial of the Cartersville uh, native uh, ex-Clemson football uh, star NFL quarterback Trevor Lawrence on this commercial with his deep blue eyes and hair flowing in the breeze advertising, do you know, a Subway sandwich of all things, <laughs> a Subway sandwich. Or we click, after we've done a Google search, go to the site where we've Googled, and there in that site there is this picture of this well-developed woman, and you're led to believe that if you click on that particular picture, it will take you to other pictures of that well-developed woman, maybe revealing things that you shouldn't see, taking you to the product that that site is wanting to sell. We see... Our bodies used as a commodity in the dress for success kind of mentality that, that is prominent oftentimes in the business community. So for some, it means dressing to the nines. For others, it may be a little bit revealing dress in order to make it well in business, get what you want. Again, the human body seen as a commodity. And then we see a real dark side of that where we have things like the sex trade where people's bodies are sold to others and people are abused in horrible ways. Another prominent narrative of our day related to the human body can be seen in the actual epitaph of a man named Solomon Pease. Okay? Solomon Pease on his epitaph. And the epitaph goes like this. Well, let me see if it pops up there. There it is. Solomon Pease. Pease not here, only the pod. Pease shelled out and went to God. Now, it's a view of the human body that basically says this body is merely a container to transport our souls to the life beyond. It's like uh, if you go out to lunch today after this service and you have a bit left over, you know, and you ask the server for a box and that, they bring you back this styrofoam container and you put in that food and then later that evening you, you take that out of the refrigerator, warm it up, and you eat that and you throw away the container. That container is just merely designed to transport the soul to eternity. Now, it's fascinating that that point of view has been around for a long time. 
And much of it traces some of its origin to an ancient philosopher, a Greek philosopher by the name of Plato, who said the material, the body, is unimportant. It is the intellect, it is the spirit that really matters. And we see that thought has influenced many throughout the time since Plato, who lived, by the way, before Jesus was around, has influenced many. Uh, Not too long after Jesus' day, there was a group of folks, they were called docesists, and they had a connection with the church. And they were declared, by the way, to be heretics by the church because they said Jesus just seemed to be human. He, He was not actually material. He was just a spirit being that just appeared to have human form. And we see it today in movements like Christian science who like to deny material reality. But we also see that philosophy that the body is just this part oftentimes in church pews. Church pews. Are we more? Is our body more than a pot? And then... I don't know this is so much a narrative as it is a way that some people like to live related to the human body. In, in saying that the human body, uh, that, that, our, that what we need to do is to satisfy the human body's desires. You know, there's certain appetites and desires that you have because of your body. Your body wants to eat. Your body wants to drink something. Your body wants to experience sexual fulfillment. Your body wants security. Your body wants safety. And let me tell you, all of those things, all of those appetites, all of those desires are good. They are God-given desires. But any time one of those, any time one of those becomes the filter through which life is lived, or the purpose for which life is lived, it causes us to go to a very unhealthy place. Our appetites must be disciplined. Paul alludes to that discipline in relationship to marriage and relationship between people as, 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 as a, a man and a woman, saying that, that there needs to be a covenant of marriage if people want to express themselves in a sexual fashion. Surely, there's a better narrative for us to regard this human body. Paul asks a profound question in this passage, and he says, Do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit? Do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit? He's beginning to allude to a different way of regarding the human body, of knowing what it is all about. Do you not know that your body is the temple of God? Now, when I was a teenager, I from time to time would hear preachers use this particular text But it was always used as a way to deter me from doing things that they regarded as unhealthy or sinful. You don't smoke because your body's the temple of the Holy Spirit. You don't drink because your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. But it seems to me that there's something much deeper, something more profound in this idea. Once again, James Bryan Smith in that same 
lecture, he talked about the, the body being a commodity. He said that the Christian perspective is the body is sacred. Say that with me. My body is sacred. Say it once more. My body is sacred. Now think about it for a moment. Go back to the beginning of the Bible. Some of you are doing uh, uh, the read-through-the-Bible process and so forth. And, you know, a few days ago we looked at Genesis 1 and 2 and 3, I believe, up through the first three chapters. And in chapter 2 you find this beautiful story how that God has planted this garden in Eden. And then he goes and he takes from the ground dirt. I imagine it was probably clay. And he forms it together in the form of a human body. You know what God does next? He then breathes into that form and the form comes alive. That form, that dirt, that clay is the human body. Our bodies are gifts from God. To be human is to have a body that is given by God. Your body is a gift from God. Just pinch yourself right now so that you can feel a part of your body. Just pinch yourself. Your body, don't pinch somebody else, by the way. Just pinch yourself. Your body is a gift from God. Your body is sacred. Every human being has a body. You can't be human without having a body. But not only are people given bodies by God, but one of the greatest, if not the greatest, act in human history involved a body. It's called incarnation. You remember the words in the Gospel of John? He opens up and said, In the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, and the Word was God. In other words, God was this Word. And then John, a few verses later, writes, And the Word became flesh. The Word became human. The Word took on human flesh and lived among us. That's saying that God took on a body. The author of Hebrews, claiming to quote Jesus, where Jesus said, Sacrifices and offerings you have not desired, but a body you have prepared for me. Now think about this. Jesus was given a body. Now, many of us here have lived long enough to know that uh, eventually this body wears out. Death comes. Death comes in our lives. But you know, for us as followers of Jesus, that's not the end of the story. Remember Jesus? Jesus' body died on a cross. It didn't wear out. He was still pretty young, but it died. His body died on a cross. It stopped breathing. It stopped functioning. His mind no longer was working. His body died. But what happened three days later? Hallelujah! He was resurrected. He was resurrected from the dead. Now, he was resurrected to a new, transformed body. 
And yes, if you live long enough and Jesus doesn't come back before, this body is going to die. But that's not the end of the story. Our promise and hope is that resurrection is coming. You will be given, if you are in Christ, you will be given a new, transformed, resurrected body. In the kingdom to come, in the eternal kingdom of God, you and I will have a body, a transformed body. To be human is to have a body. Your body is a gift from God. Your body is sacred. Say that with me again. My body is sacred. Paul said, don't you know that your body is the temple of God? And by the way, that's not the only place in the Scripture where that's found. That's repeated several different times that your body is a temple. Jesus even said that about His own body, that His body was a temple. So what is a temple? What is a temple? Now we think of a temple as a place of worship, and that's appropriate to do so. Our bodies are places where we worship God. Think about the most significant Acts of worship that God has given to us, we call them sacraments. We have two that we celebrate and we participate in in the United Methodist tradition, two sacraments. Do you know what they are? Baptism and communion. That's exactly right. And think about those two sacraments. They are experienced with the body. They have elements, water, bread, and wine. And we believe that Jesus, God, is present in those elements. We experience those things in worship physically. Physically. But yet there's something deeper when we understand that our bodies are the temple. What is the, a temple from a biblical perspective? Essentially, the, a temple is a place where heaven and earth meet, where the divine and the human come together, where God meets with people and people meet with God. Now, I want you to let that soak in for a moment. Your body, your body, my body, is intended by God to be a temple where heaven and earth meet, where the divine and human come together, where we meet with God and God meets with us. We are more, this body is more than a commodity. This body is more than a styrofoam container. We are called to more than just trying to satisfy its desires. Our bodies are the temple of God. It's in these bodies that we experience God. And there are those moments when those, 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 those experiences are powerful. And you know, you get those, you know, you ever had that feeling when God is present and you've had the hair on the back of your neck stand up. You get those uh, Holy Ghost goosebumps, you know, all over you. Uh, we, we, we have some kind of experience when something very profound has happened. But God is also present in the common, everyday, ordinary. We experience God. One of God's great attributes is the beauty of God. 
And when we behold true beauty, we are experiencing an aspect of God's presence. God has given us five senses that experience God's beauty. We take a rose and we put it to our nose and and it fills our nose with this beautiful fragrance. God is present. A vine ripened strawberry. We put it in our mouth. We bite in. The juices flow onto our tongue. And we taste that delicious fruit. God is present. We're along a mountain stream and we step in and we pick up a rock that has been washed over year after year by the water and the the grit in that. And it's smooth and we can feel its smoothness. We wake up early in the morning and we look at the eastern horizon. The sun is rising and we see the beauty of the sunrise. We step out onto the porch and we hear a dove cooing. God is present. Our bodies are sacred. Our bodies are temples where heaven meets earth. Our bodies are where we experience the living God. I believe that this understanding can transform us in relationship to our physical well-being. I know it's calling me to pay attention to the care and health of my body. You know, every week, uh, our custodian, his name is Gerald, great fella, he comes into this worship center and he cleans it up to get it ready for services for you and for God to be present here. And he does so with pride. There's something about us getting our physical state into a place of being ready for this encounter with God. And that involves maintaining, developing this human body. A good healthy diet, exercise, a good rhythm of rest and activity because this is the temple of God. This understanding calls us to to live sacramentally, to live with an awareness that God is present and God will be present in our everyday life encounters. And as followers of Jesus Christ, we need to tune ourselves in to see and to experience God in those things that we're hearing, that we're seeing, that we're experiencing, that God is present in those moments. In staff meeting each week and in the small group that I'm a part of, I routinely ask this question, where have you seen God at work since we last met? A couple of weeks ago in a small group, one of the guys said, said, Dwight, said, when you've asked that question, I'm always looking for those big things. You know, these extraordinary things that without any doubt, you know that God was there and God was at work. But, he, but then he went on to talk about, you know, I realize, though, that God is at work even in the small and ordinary. There's an ancient Christian practice called examine. 
And basically, it involves taking your day and looking back at all the things that have happened in your day, just kind of walking through them one by one, and then thinking about in those events. God was present in those events. Well, I want you to know that your body, I want you to know that my body, they are sacred. They are temples where heaven meets earth, where we encounter God. And I hope that you'll take that and you'll live into that because I think it has the power to transform us significantly. Amen? Today as the band comes up to lead us in our final song, Maybe there's something going on in your physical body, or maybe you just need help with discipline in your physical body, and you want to pray. Maybe you want to pray where you are. Maybe you want to come here and kneel and pray. But God cares about our body, and God wants to help us to develop it to the best that it can be. Let's join together now in a prayer. Father, we thank you for this wonderful revelation that our bodies are sacred, that they are temples of yours. Lord, we give our says to you. We offer our says now as living sacrifices to you. In Jesus' name, amen.